Mmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee, guys. It's Tuesday, that means new episode is here, brewed directly for my techies or people that want to know more about tech. I'm your host, Brett Deister, and let's get on with the show. All right, looks like Samsung has officially unveiled that they will be unveiling next month the Galaxy Note 7. They aren't even hiding that they're actually going to be unveiling this. They're just going to be unveiling it because... To be honest with you, they don't really need to hide it. I mean, people are expecting the next uh, Galaxy Note, and this is what it's going to be. Now, I'm pretty sure it's going to be upgrade specs, probably with the newest and latest and greatest Snapdragon CPU, the 821, and probably with more high-end features, obviously the pen, maybe not so detrimental pen like the last, the current one, I should say, not the last one quite yet. But yes, we will be seeing more news about this eventually. Pretty sure it will have the newest Android, which will be Android N or Nugan. That's that's the official name. But yes, it is coming August 2nd. You will be able to know what is going to happen with the Galaxy Note 7 and see if it's actually going to be any good. Um, all of them actually have been pretty good, so I expect to see just as many good things about this one as well. All right, Twitter has, well, it has expanded its uh, GIF size limit to 15 megabytes. Now, here's the kicker. It is only for the web right now. So if you go on with your mobile, you're not going to be able to do the same thing. It's probably going to still be the five megabyte limit right now. But for the web, at least you can upload 15 megabyte limit, which is great because I've had problems with trying to make my own gifts and then finally it won't allow me to do it because I'm way over it by probably a couple usually, a couple megabytes usually. So to find another way of doing it and then just, ah, it just goes a little crazy. Goes a little cray cray about that and just not cool. Not cool at all. All right. It looks like Twitter has signed another deal with some other news program, this time with Bloomberg. And it's going to be live streaming all its financial news. Yay! We can get live financial news to the minute, on the minute, when it matters. And if you actually trade stocks or not. If you don't, probably won't matter too much. But it's still a big deal because Twitter has been trying to find a way to stay relevant in a very dominated Facebook world. And Facebook seems to be the undisputed champion of social media. And it keeps on dominating every other part of social media that it isn't even a part of seems to go in do a really good job so i'm glad to see this twitter is huge in news it's one of the best ways to find news disseminate news better than facebook i always say because facebook will basically tailor to what your likes are instead of just giving you the news unfortunately that's what a lot of news sites are right now is all about opinions it's not about facts it's about what opinions you can do and get and yeah that's what's gonna happen they also have done with football with live streaming Thursday night football as well through ESPN and so this is just another push to get Periscope into the mainstream and still make it relevant to it now there are rumors about Vine not being as popular anymore and it's a little disconcerting because Vine it was a really big breakout star 
for quite a while, and then all of a sudden it, well, it kind of died. It had a lot of Vine stars in the beginning, and then they all have migrated over to Snapchat, Instagram, or over to YouTube because you can just do much longer YouTube uh, videos. Well, not YouTube videos, just videos in general, but you do much longer videos. And then with the upheaval of top executives leaving, it just seems like Vine has not been growing as much. And it partly is because of the nature of it, the nature of the short videos, which is awesome to a point, but eventually people just want a little bit longer videos. And now I get they're doing uh, 120 second videos now, so that should help uh, bring some more um, longevity or even a little bit more excitement because you can kind of like do a little bit more with it. But a lot of top execs have left, which is never a good sign. And Twitter really does need something great. It needs, you know, a home run, something that's going to make it stay relevant for years and years to come. And they are still trying to find that, mind you. The problem is, is that most people just don't understand how to use it. They don't really understand why it's useful. And that's a huge problem for Twitter in general is to convince people that this is the best way to find information, to find news, because Facebook won't really be honest with you. They aren't honest with you. Once again, they use an algorithm to make sure that you see what they think you want to see instead of you deciding what you want to see. And it's all really convoluted. I don't really like it at all. It's probably why my slow decline of how much time I'm on Facebook has steadily and slowly declined where I'm just really just don't see the point of it anymore. Instagram's all right. But it's like Facebook for pictures now because of the algorithm that they just injected into that site. Now people are upset about that. And people keep on moving on because Facebook just interjects their algorithm. And they think it actually helps them. And people are just getting more upset about it because they don't want that. That's the one thing they don't want. I understand that they're both a business. They have to make money. But let's not, let's not get anything you know wrong about this. They are doing this algorithm purely for a business standpoint, for making money, for making money off brands, so they can make more money. That's the only reason why they're using this. They aren't using this for users. They aren't, even though they say that 70% get lost, great. That's up to the user to see if they want to scroll through a lot of the posts or not. Some do, some don't. Maybe you should have had an add-on for that. Maybe it should have been an opt-in and not just a, well, you all need this, obviously, because we know better than you. And that's my problem with that. But back to Vine. I think Vine's still great. I think it's still awesome. I think it's it's a little fun. I do think that they have a few problems with Vine. One, I have not seen an upgrade in the video quality, which I was hoping that they would eventually do. Two, Instagram does a really good job with allowing you to, like, zoom out of the picture so you can see the whole picture. Vine, you get a very square-ish look of it and it kind of cuts off a lot of the video. So and then it just kind of, it almost like enlarges it or zooms in and makes it a little pixelated, which is another problem with it. And I kind of like to see a better resolution on the uh, videos in general because that's another thing that needs to happen is it needs to just have better resolution video because I can't really help that in I really just don't want to scour the web to find something that will allow me to put the whole video in there as well. So 
They have a few problems going on, but one is keeping it relevant, keeping it popular again, or even getting it popular again, and making sure that it is popping out fresh content that people actually want to go to Vine to actually see and not go to YouTube to see the, all the funny Vines that are there because I see a lot of those now. So that's what I need to see is kind of more of getting people to go back to the site because you may have 200 million people on there and maybe 25,000 or 30,000 people actually viewing videos, but if you haven't grown in a while, that's a huge problem and that can be stagnation and Twitter may actually have to be like, do we really need this anymore? Can we fold it into Twitter itself? So, I mean, there's a few problems going on about that. All right, looks like antivirus giants are acquiring each other. So Vast has acquired AVG for $1.3 billion. That's right. It looks like they're going to be consolidating even more because, well, some people actually don't like antiviruses. I understand that. Just be careful about what you click on because do you kind of really need it sometimes? Sometimes it. Sometimes the best antivirus program is yourself and making sure you don't click on the wrong thing. That's the best one. But it, what it is going to do for the two companies is kind of open up a bigger market for them, be a bigger company, supposedly more profits, other sectors, not competing with each other. But there is a vast number of other uh, antivirus companies that are competing with them anyways. So it's not like... There's going to be a loss of competition with that because you still got Lookout, you still got uh, Norton, I guess, uh, McAfee. I really don't suggest any of those two. Panda's pretty good, it's not bad. Uh, and you have the Mal Malwarebytes. That's that's actually a really good one. Uh, there's a few other ones out there as well, um, but you still got you still got competition, which is fine with me because that's what I actually really want to see is competition. Alright, now I was wondering if I really wanted to talk about this, but I feel like I should talk about this. Pokemon Go. Everybody seems like playing it besides me because I have no reason to, to play whatsoever. I'm not saying they don't actually like the company that made the game. The company that made the game made Ingress, which is a really fun game in general. It, it kind of takes a lot of inspiration from that, from instead of agents finding Pokemon in the real world, but more AR instead of just a map. So what they used from, I guess they're learning from Ingress is they used it with this and they kind of made a AR with your phone finding Pokemon throughout the real world and you collect them all. Well, the funny part is, is that people actually would rather catch Pokemon than catch a date on Tinder, which is hilarious because People just don't seem to like Tinder anymore. Tinder was a popular uh, app for quite a while, but since it was acquired and it started to actually uh, infuse a subscription service, it has largely cut itself off from people actually wanting to use it as much. The reason being is because you are limited to how many swipes you can do. You can do super like, but really, I mean, nobody, I feel like no one really goes on dates through that anyways. I mean, I feel like it's just kind of a time suck waster. You're like, oh, great, yay, 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 because it's just, it's just one motion, either right or left. Yay, nay, yay, nay, yay, 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 nay, nay. That's what I do when I go to 
when I use Tinder for no reason at all. I go, yay, nay, yay, nay, yay, yay, yay. Oh, that'd be so fun doing that in public. People would be like, what are you doing? I'm doing Tinder with my voice. Because I have an imaginary phone right now because my phone is charging because it always needs to charge. Anyways, that's what it is. Pokemon is very popular. Pokemon Co. especially is extremely popular. It was a genius way of making a game. Unfortunately, though, there are some concerns with it, especially privacy concerns, which Sandra Al Frank Franken has talked about over the Poke privacy policy and kind of the bug that with the Google accounts that has already been patched, mind you. It's already been patched. But the senator actually wants to know, first of all, what data they actually collect. Uh, to what other users will this information be put and with whom will it be shared with? So who, what other advertisers are gonna be shared with this? What types of information they're gonna be shared with this as well? Uh, why Pokemon Go, Go needs the permission it asks for? Whether some of its collection be opt-in instead of opt-out, but most companies always do the opt-out opt function instead of the opt-in function because reasons. And also uh, how the company can create meaningful consent for parents regarding collection of data their kids produce. Now, with this last point, I'm like, dude, the parents need to be on the kids on what they're actually doing and actually understanding what they're doing and making sure they talk to them about privacy, about budgeting, about not buying things because they look ooh, glittery and shiny and making sure they understand the consequences about this. That is more of a parent's thing than an actual company thing. I know we like to, you know, pass the blame off to somebody else, but seriously, the blame has to come to the parents. The parents are the ones raising these kids. The parents are the ones that are guiding these kids, hopefully to smart decisions. That's all in the parents. I'm sorry, Senator Al Franken, you may be a great person, even though you may not agree with all your policies, and this seems like a great thing to do to actually ask them questions about this because it's never a bad thing to ask them questions to get more information. But that last bullet point kind of worries me because why, what's all, what's, what's, what's up with this consent thing? Everything needs to be consent. It's clear and forceful consent. It needs to be a yes, it needs to be a no. Because as a communication major, I graduated from Cal State Fullerton with a communications degree, I know that Communication, when you're with a person face-to-face, -face, is not all verbal. Actually, it's very little verbal and it's all non-verbal. So this whole point of this whole meaningful consent, clear consent, or whatever the hell you want to make adjectives for the to describe the consent is ridiculous. Stop with the consent business. The parents need to understand what the kids are doing. The parents need to guide the kids and not to government. I'm always against that parents' obligation, not the kids' obligation. Just saying. All right, Polaroid. Yes, that ever popular, you know, shake it like a Polaroid type reference where you could, you know, back way before, well, actually cell phones, where you, if you wanted an instant picture, you would take a Polaroid and then you would shake it and then it would magically appear with the picture. Ah, oh, science. Well, it looks like they've 
put a new spin on Apple Live Photos and kind of made their own, which would be a burst of 60 plus photos turns into one animated image. So you can, you know, kind of, you know, create your own image through it. It's basically like a way of creating animated GIFs through your phone. There's plenty of them out there right now. You got Boomerang from Instagram. You have DSCO from VSCO as well. Uh, you have Google doing motion stills. They also had the auto, auto awesome feature through Google Plus that no one really cares or knows about for some odd reason. Even in tech blogs, I'm really baffled why some of these people just don't know this. Also have uh, live photos from Apple, as always. You also had Yo-Yo, which was talked about for a while and it seems like production has stalled a little bit. So it should be interesting to see if Yo-Yo will actually come back and do the same thing. Now with Polaroid, you can do it only through, really through your phone. Uh, so it should be interesting to see if this actually works out. Now the co-founder of the company that made it was inspired by Polaroid because it made, as he calls, calls it, photography cool again, or cool. And uh, he decided to license kind of the name out and looks like Polaroid agreed. And so you have now have this. Now it'll be interesting to see if it actually does well in the app marketplace because, well, to be honest with you, we are on an app overload. Most people don't use a lot of apps nowadays. Kind of just, you download one, use it maybe once and maybe never actually use it. And then you kind of forget about it and you're like, oh, what's this one again? I don't know, I don't care. And uninstall, usually what happens with me, but I also have way too many apps that I install. All right, are you looking to you know travel in the next month, two weeks, couple weeks? Well, it looks like Google has a kind of concierge service for its search to allow you to, well, search for the best flights, the best hotels, right through Google search because Google has found that most people actually book, purchase, buy plane tickets, as personal as well as business through mobile phones and so they're trying what they're trying to do is trying to help you speed up that process without you searching a whole heck of a lot for the best prices now there are a lot of other apps that can do a pretty good job with this uh, hopper is a pretty good one for flights it allows you to see a calendar and see which days are the best to actually buy flights and which ones are the worst on different colors uh, green obviously being the best and red being the worst to buy. Uh, I like that one, but this one also helps as well uh, because it just aggregates a whole bunch of other ones as, as well. It'll also tell you the best time to actually buy it and to say, hey, would you like to reconsider buying hotel flight in this day instead to save this much amount of money? So it's it's a good idea for it, but like I said, there's a lot of other competition already for that out there for it. So I wouldn't jump ship just for Google this Google flight stuff quite yet because it already is pretty good. Uh, apps programs out there already for that. All right, looks like Ace's Zenfone 3 Deluxe is coming out, but there's a change. Now, when I first read about this, it looked like it was a pretty low performance uh, Snapdragon processor that I would have passed on, like the 400 series instead of the 800 series, which is the newest one. So I was thinking, well, this might not be as good as it should be. However, the Deluxe now has an 821 Snapdragon CPU, which is the fastest, latest, and greatest from Qualcomm. And uh, the 820 is what uh, the Galaxy S7, uh, the MI5, and the HTC 10 use. 
but this one is going to be even faster than the one before. Now, the Deluxe will have 6 gigs of DDR4 RAM plus 256 uh, gigs of internal storage space, which is quite beefy. And then the two, the two, there's two variants below it, which just use the 820 chip, which, which is still 6 gigs of RAM and 64 gigs of hard drive space. And there's also 4 gig uh, of RAM and the 32 gig of storage space as well. So you have different tiers for it. Now, uh, the prices are not that cheap. So the, for the four gig variant, it's gonna be f uh, $500. And for the super duper, really fast, supposedly, uh, Snapdragon 821 based uh, model, it's gonna be $780. So it's not a cheap phone at all. But you get the latest and greatest this time around. Now we, when I read this yesterday, it didn't look like it was going to be the latest and greatest. Looks like it was a very budget type phone that no one probably would have bought. But it looks like it's it's turning out to be really promising. However, I still think OnePlus is a better deal on a phone in general, and this one isn't that great of a deal. It's nice looking at all, but it's super pricey for when you're asking for. All right, it looks like Google has acquired Kifi which is ability to, well, enhance spaces. Now, spaces came out with some fanfare. I kind of have it, have never used it after I signed up because I really don't see a point right now. But it was supposed to be a way for Google to try once again to get back into the social sharing, social media type industry again. It did with Google Plus and everybody's calling it a failure and I'm kind of leaving, leading on that. Not as much as most people are, but I'm kind of leaning towards that just because they aren't really updating it that much and it's not really being talked about as much. So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of sad. It was a, cool puzzle was a good, good idea, just poorly executed. But yes, it looks like it's Acquihire and their Kifi for Twitter is gonna go away. So they're going to be focusing on, you know, dynamic link sharing and, you know, that type of curation through spaces. So people will actually use it more. Hopefully it will be a popular app that people actually use. I'm still on the fence because Google's track record on this type of industry has not been very good. It's actually been kind of bad. So we shall see if it actually does any good for spaces, which is completely focused on group chats. And even though that's the popular thing right now, I don't know if Google has the pedigree to actually do it. All right, Amazon Prime Day. It's going on today. There are, I actually checked it out for a little bit. There's some great deals out there, some deals that are already sold out out there. Uh, one that I noticed pretty quickly was that the new newest Mirror's Edge was 50% off. Fortunately for PC, it was not a download copy. It was, I had to wait for it. So I was like, not that great of a deal. But there's, a slew of great deals actually this time around. Last year wasn't that great of a deal. Actually, it was pretty crappy, but they made a lot of money, but it was really not that good. Well, it looks like Amazon Prime Day has had, well, some checkout issues with shoppers, and shoppers have been complaining about it, and Amazon's like sick tight. We're fixing it. We're trying to figure out what's going on. But it looks like the extreme celebration for Amazon Prime Day has finally hit us, and we were so happy about it, and a lot of stuff had actually been sold out because. I mean, it's crazy cheap deals. Amazon did a great thing with that, especially with this, and stock prices have gone through the roof because of this. I'm telling you, it's gonna go even higher because of because of Amazon Prime Day. 
Uh, other companies have actually tried to do a, a kind of a day like this for them so they can kind of compete with Amazon, but it's hard to really compete with Amazon. They're really hard to beat all times. All right. There was an interesting court case going on that many of you may have not noticed, but it's actually really important. So a court ruled that it could be a federal crime to share your, well, share your password. And that actually could include your Netflix password or your HBO Go password. Now, the case in the matter is that there was a person that used someone's account, an unauthorized account, and kind of did some things with it. So all the cases, all the cases but the sides were heard, and the verdict was down that this was a federal crime and that this could be kind of part of, as they call it, the uh, Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, or the CFAA, is well, a federal law, so it's a, it's a felony to actually do this. Now, there was one dissenter going, well, I don't really agree with this because there's always dissenters and everything, and I love how his last name is Reinhardt, so I'm thinking of the big character from Overwatch, Reinhardt here. No. The, the classics like Hasselhoff, you know, all that fun stuff. But he has come down saying, well, I think he understands where they're coming from, but this looks like it could unfairly punish people that are innocently just sharing their Netflix password account and they could, could be charged with a federal crime. So, I mean, it's pretty serious charges. Now, luckily they've made it vague enough where this isn't going to be a very strict ruling and I don't think a lot of FBI agents are going to be knocking at everybody's door because of their illegal use of a password innocently. But it's cause for concern because, I mean, people do it all the time and you don't really want that to happen to you where you're charged with just sharing your Netflix account with your boyfriend and you're like, I, I, I didn't really mean, I, all I want to do is watch this video with him. That's it. Please don't charge me the federal crime. I didn't do anything, I swear. So yes, that is where we're at with that one now. Now, it looks like Microsoft is going to be doing a subscription service for Windows 10. However, it's only for enterprises right now. So it's $7 a month, and they're claiming that you get the best type of security from Microsoft. So up to the moment, you know, security patches, all the other fun stuff that you always need to worry about when you have a Windows uh, system because that is the biggest problem with Windows and it always has been the biggest problem because it's the biggest market share so when you have the biggest market share you can have a lot of attackers going after it so right now it's seven dollars a month for enterprises however Microsoft is not saying that individuals can't actually buy it as well so they can they're like for the price of a cup of coffee and a donut you can you know buy this and I'm like yay I got it for free so I don't need it uh, but yeah you still can be able to actually download Windows 10 for free if you have Windows 8.1 or Windows 7. Now, a lot of you will be saying, no, I don't like it because of privacy. And I will say, well, if you have a email address, if you have a social media account, if you just look on a media site, you are being tracked and all the other fun stuff. Even with ad blocker, I'm pretty sure you probably are still being tracked a little bit. But with that being said, uh, Windows 10 is actually pretty good. I like it. I enjoy it. It's not as bad as what everybody's saying it is. There are a few qualms with it, but I mean, that's with all Windows platforms. Even with Windows 7, there's a few qualms with it as well. So that's my take on it. Now, like I said, 
If you do want to get the free upgrade for Windows 10, you have to act before July 29th, I would say, because I wouldn't wait until July 29th to actually do it to actually get Windows 10, because it is important that you actually get Windows 10 if you want to make sure that you are up to date with all the security patches, because eventually Windows 7 and 8.1 will eventually be discontinued or not uh, supported anymore, because eventually there is an end of life for a lot of Windows operating systems. There was an end of life eventually for XP, even though it took longer than usual, and there will be an end of life for Windows 7 and Windows 8.1. So be on the lookout for that. If you are still upset about that, then you can always go to Linux, or you can buy a really expensive uh, Mac, because they're always expensive. All right, now I'm going to go through some apps you should try out this week. Now this one is called Red Call. It's available for Android and iOS. and allows you to, well, basically have conversations with different types of people. And it looks like you can do it live streaming as well. And then record up to, to your uh, social media platform. So this could be good for businesses, on-air personalities as well, including me. We could actually have real life phone calls with each other and be like, hey, I like tech, I like tech too, oh, amazing. And so if you want to try it out, I'll put that in the show notes. And we also have Wearbot. This is a way for you to quickly discover places to eat within Facebook Messenger because Facebook Messenger is really popular and bots have been implemented. It is even more popular with this as well and so finding a place to eat could just be as easier as using this bot. Now I always say be careful about bots because they are pretty new and for the most part right now they're quite spammy so you might have to give it a little while for it to you know not be as spammy but this one actually could be interesting so check this one out as well. You also have two-factor auth or authentication or 2FA which allows you to you know Make sure your stuff is backed up. Uh, I always recommend doing that as well. This is through GitHub, so I would say that my more um, proficient uh, techies can actually do this and you know download the assets, use this for your favorite programs, anything from backing up and syncing to gaming to food to health to utilities and all that other fun stuff. So if you want to check that out, this is. One of the best ways of doing it, because I always recommend two-factor authentication, because it just kind of helps you know make sure that you're a little protected, because that's great. <laughs> you always need to be protected. All right, there is a new Chrome extension called Chirp for Twitter, which allows you to take screenshots and tweet articles in one click. And so, if you find something either misleading or you really like a quote, you can do it. It's super easy setup. Just ask you install it. It just asks for your Twitter account, and then you're you're good to go. You just you know highlight it, screenshot it. There. So check it out. It looks pretty cool. I've tried it out for a little bit, and it's pretty cool. All right, you're looking for a new uh, Notepad, or di actually digital Notepad, because you just don't like that Evernote has kind of you know made it crappy for for users. Well, Notebook is for you. It's for Android and iOS, and allows you to you know share different things and hopefully not forget anything it also does as you edit it does audios checklist and photos so you can do a whole bunch of different things the great thing is the audio cards which should be interesting because you could actually you know tap for meetings lectures and what and whatnot there is another app for that as well you also have a checklist card to do checklists and check them off photo cards as well so actually it's pretty uh pretty good it also could be considered an alternative to evernote because evernote kind of 
Well, it's not as popular as it used to be, and their change with the premium and the free user kind of way of doing it has kind of not rubbed people the wrong way. So this is a great alternative for it if you're looking for that. There's also Google Keep as well. There's also uh, Kogi is actually pretty good, but that's mostly for audio only. So you do have a few other things uh, to look out for as well, but those are kind of like the major ones. Uh, but Notebook looks very interesting. It's good to it's actually on both uh, op mobile operating systems. So check it out. I'll put it on the show notes, as I said before. And, all right, that is the end of Digital Coffee. I hope you uh, enjoyed this brew for today. And be sure to follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, DigitalCO77EE, at Facebook Digital Coffee Podcast, Google Plus Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast, Coffee. And please be sure to subscribe either on Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. And if you like these podcasts so much, please consider supporting me on Patreon at Digital Coffee. Because every little helps, guys. Especially with this. All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow when we go through some marketing news and everything that's going on with social media with Marketing Blend. All right, guys. Later.